0: Come on, who's excited to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Yeah, come on, let's just stand, let's get ready to worship.
1: crumble? Are you willing to let that rubble of your past stay behind? Are you willing when the oceans open
2: before. Mm-hmm.
0: some people out here today or maybe online that you're like I don't have a good track record with my dad or I don't I don't know my dad or I don't know what it feels like to be loved by my father and you've been feeling like you've had to walk through life all by yourself and I can't open my heart and I can't allow this love of a father to come in because I'll be hurt because I was hurt by my natural father. And I just heard the Lord saying that if you just give him a little bit, if you just let down that guard just a little bit, he's going to come in. He's a God who's trustworthy. He's a father who's trustworthy. And he he is a father who knows his children, so he knows your past. He knows what you've been through. And he will little by little show you that he is trustworthy but you have to let him in. You have to surrender that thing inside of you, that wall that you've put up that's keeping him at uh, distant, at bay because he wants to woo you this morning. He wants to come in and he wants to fill that void because that's what it is. It's a void. And he's the only one who can fill that void this morning. So I just want to go back into this because I'm telling you right now, he wants to encounter you. And I just want to share this. When I was a young teenager and I was dealing with suicide, I would pray. I was a Catholic I didn't have this intimate relationship with the Lord but there was such a pain inside of me which is why I wanted to take my life and the pain would overwhelm me and I just I remember just crying out to God would you just take my life would you just take it and I feel like there's someone here who's saying God would you just take my life And I will tell you that I didn't know much, but I remember just crying out the Lord's Prayer because it's the only thing I knew. And I knew that it brought peace to me. And in that time, the Lord would literally visit me. I didn't even know that it was a thing, but I would see him come through the wall in my bedroom and he would open his arms and I would climb up into his lap as he sat there. And I could physically feel his arms around me and he would, he would rock me to sleep at night. This would go on for days and months and years that I would have these encounters in those darkest nights. And I would wake up the next morning, and it was the next morning, and I, and I could feel like uh, there was something that had lifted a little bit and I just get this sense that the Lord wants to meet you in that place I just get this sense that there are encounters that are going to start taking place but you need to cry out to him you need to say Abba father I, I don't have much to give you because you know what I'm dealing with you can be honest with him you can be he knows it all anyway but if you cry out to him i just sense there's going to be these encounters that you're going to have and the love of the father is going to come in and he is going to fill those places and he is going to be your strength and he is going to be your support. So I just want to sing this again. I want to go back into this because I really feel like the Father is doing something. There's, there's some wounds that he's healing. He's healing this morning. So just open yourself up, surrender, be yielded to what the Father wants to do this morning. And even after you leave, and in your prayer time, in your quiet time, in your darkest hours, he's there with you. for the Father's heart. We thank you that you loved us where we're at. That you're always pursuing us. We thank you, God. We thank you for your kindness and your mercy. There's nothing in this world like it. God we thank you that we get a glimpse of what it feels like to experience your love it's a glimpse it's a taste and it calls us to to yearn for more we thank you that when we're together with you in the throne room of heaven, that is when we will be completely embraced and completely satisfied, completely full of your love. But we thank you that you send us your love. You send us your Holy Spirit to fill us in this place that we can walk out on this earth and we get glimpses. We get to have these encounters with you, God. It just makes us want more. It just makes us want more. We thank you, God, that you are forever pouring out into us, that your well never runs dry. Your love for us never, ever runs dry. You never get tired of us, God. Thank you. Thank you. You're always pursuing, always pursuing, always pursuing us. Thank you for never giving up on us, God. Thank you for your breakthroughs. We thank you for the breakthroughs, God. We thank you for the suddenlies. We thank you for the breakthrough this morning. Jesus, you're amazing. continue to receive it moment by moment encounter by encounter thank you God for your love in Jesus' name amen amen good morning redeeming love good morning good morning to those who are watching online it's so great to have you here this morning When you came in, you were given an Engage card. We're just gonna take a few moments to fill that out whether you're a first-time guest or you've been coming for as long as we've been coming, we fill out these Engage cards. It's our way of connecting with you. You'll have time throughout the service to fill them out. Um, Just fill out what you're comfortable with um, and then we collect these at the end when we pass the buckets. But on the back, there's prayer and praise requests. So we just encourage you, if you have a praise report or you have a prayer or something that you're believing for, please put it in, we love praying for it. And um, I love hearing testimonies i actually got texted last night about um, a couple we've been praying for um they've been praying to um have a to conceive a child and um they texted us last night and said they are pregnant and uh praise god we're so excited so lord we just know that you are a god who answers prayers so if you have a testimony write it down write it down Um, We just want to let you know Easter is coming up and we are having two services We're going to be having a 9 a.m. and an 11 a.m. So prepare for that. There'll be more to come We'll be having invite cards, um, but we just want to give you a heads up on that Um, Also today after service if you signed up for membership class This is the second class it will be in the Sequoia classroom in engage kids which is through that door at 12 o'clock You're not going to want to miss it Um, Also, if you signed up and you missed last week's, you can still come into this week. We'll do a makeup for the first class. So don't not do the rest of the classes. By all means, show up today. Um, also on the back there is baptism, water baptism checks and also baby dedications so we haven't set dates for those yet Um, but if that's something you're interested in please mark that and we'll get in contact with you and if you're curious about water baptism um, you know some people get really confused Well, I was baptized as a baby come and see Pastor Matt um, and let him talk to you show you in the word where it talks about water baptism as an adult Um, and so there's always sometimes confusion so if you want more information please reach out to pastor Matt you can either talk to him after service or you can email him um, at info at redeeminglovechurch.org and he would be happy to talk with you and show you in the word um, and just kind of clean up some confusion about water baptism I think that's actually... Oh, also, if you took membership, the full-day membership, and you have not scheduled your meeting with Pastor Matt, please do so. It is the final step in membership, and so we want to get those through so that we can do up our little slide of the new members. Um, so just reach out. Again, you can call the office, or you can email at info at redeeminglovechurch.org and set up that um, meeting with Pastor Matt. Right now, we're just going to reach out towards a young one who's near you. you. Lord, we just thank you for these young ones, God. We thank you for what you're doing, Lord Jesus. We ask that your presence, God, the love of the Father would just fill the classrooms today, God. That they would just have a revelation, a new revelation of the love of God, the love of their Father, Lord God. And we just pray an outpouring of that today. Let the joy of the Lord fill engaged kids today. We thank you, God, for what you're going to do in Jesus' name. Amen. And Pastor Matt will be up with the next uh, message in the What is Man series.
3: morning church. How's everybody doing today? Wow, 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 wow. The The love of God, the love of God, the love of God, the love of God, the love of God. God is a lover. God is a lover. God is a lover. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever should believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God loved, for God so loved, God loved us so much. 1 John 3. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called children of God. You know what? Uh, We we need more love. We need more of his love. We need more of his love in our life. The Bible says that God comes to remove everything that hinders love. Right? So there's love, 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 love. There's love. And there are things that exist in the world, sin and other things that come and move to hinder love, to stop love. to to stop the flow of love. But God comes to remove everything that hinders love. When Jesus was asked, what's the greatest commandment? You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength. And the second is like it. They didn't ask what the second was, but he threw it in there anyways. Here's a bonus, a little bonus grab for you. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love is the fulfillment of the law. When we love one another well, we have fulfilled the law. This is just scripture, guys. The Bible says that love is the fulfillment of the law. When we love one another well, we fulfill the law. We complete the law. Everything gets done when we love one another rightly. Okay, so how do we do that? It's all in the law. <laughs> oh, it's so good, so good, so good. Today's message. Listen, last week uh, I couldn't, I just couldn't get over how good the message was going to be, and then I only got halfway through it. So I was a little, I was a little disappointed myself. But today is the second half uh, of the message, and today is going to be uh, so good. And I'm not just trying to hype up my message. Um, I really, as I was in prayer. I, I, wanted, I want to stress the importance of today's message. I really, if you can do anything that you can do to today more than ever, pay attention and really receive the word that comes this morning. Not only the words that are spoken, but what the Holy Spirit might speak to your heart today. Uh, as I was in prayer and I was praying about today's message, I had a vision, and the Lord showed me a vision of a, of a high-speed monorail, and there was this blue color. Uh, And and I don't know what the blue color meant, but it was this high-speed monorail. And the Lord spoke to me and said, people are going to get fast-tracked in the kingdom today when they grab a hold of what this word says. People are going to get fast-tracked. You you may have been sitting in this church for for 30 years. You may have been sitting in this church for 30 minutes. You came in late to worship. But you grab a hold of what's said here in the next 30 to 40 minutes, and you will be fast-tracked into the kingdom of God. Come on. What is man? Psalm 8. What is man that you are mindful of him? We're not, going to inv- introduce, we're not going to revisit the introduction from last week's sermon. It was a great message. Go back and watch it. It's there. Listen to it on the website. It's there. Uh, it was great. It was good. Today's is better. Who told you that? That's today's message. Who told you that? And it's all in caps. It's all in caps. Does that mean that I'm angry? Yes, I am. Who told you that? And I do this. This is. It could be a good thing. It could be a bad thing. I take most of my titles and a lot of my sermon stuff. I take it directly from scripture. And so this is a direct quote from scripture. Um, It's it's from Genesis chapter one three, um, in in the garden, right? And then God says to uh, Adam and Eve. He says, "Who told you that?" He wasn't angry. I'm angry. He wasn't angry. I've shared before that I don't get angry, and it's true. Um, I've only been angry about five times in my life. But one of the things that increasingly makes me upset is insecurity. Insecurity. And I don't get, I want to be clear, I don't get mad at insecure people. I get mad at the idea of insecurity. Insecurity is when we believe or operate underneath the lie of the enemy. Right, because if we're going to come to a place of insecurity, we've got to believe something that's not true about ourselves. We're believing something that's not true about ourselves. And insecurity is rampant. Insecurity is all over the place. Um, I, don't, I don't want to be clear. I'm not mad at people when they're insecure. That's not what I'm mad at. I'm, I'm mad at the enemy's tactic. I'm mad at what the enemy does. And I'm mad that the enemy succeeds. And so who told you that? And I might get a little bit impassioned today. I love you guys. You know why? Because you're made in his image. Come on. You're made in his image. You're made in his image. You're made in his likeness. Did everybody get their little three-inch sticker today? Awesome, awesome, awesome. Did anybody try and look in the bathroom mirrors today? Come on. (laughs) Uh, I've got a, we were in staff the other day, and I was talking about these stickers going up on the mirror. And there was some controversy about how this was all going to roll out. And then about halfway through the discussion on these stickers, they all jumped on board with me. And I was like, oh, no, they're all on board. Now what? Like, it's, it, you, you come to a dangerous place when everybody that surrounds you says, yes, let's go, let's do it. So if you have trouble seeing in the mirror, you're welcome. I'm not sorry, <laughs> because you were made in his image. And too often we we look at what the world might say. or We look at whatever imperfection we might see. But you know what? You are made in his image. You are made in his image. You are made in his likeness. You are beautifully and wonderfully made. And if you think anything else other than what the word says, that you are beautifully, wonderfully made, that you are made in his image, it's a lie and lies have to go. We were at a conference recently, and um, there was a guy who was giving away a book. And the book was on, this is so funny, the book was on demon possession. And so he says, I want to give this book to a woman whose husband is demon possessed. No, no I'm, I'm not kidding. That's exactly what he said. So his wife gets up and takes the book. He thinks that she's going to help him hand out the book. She takes the book, and she goes back, and she sits down. <laughs> It was so funny. It was so, so, so funny. Oh my gosh. Well, they eventually did give it to somebody else. Is, but I want to give a couple of these stickers away. We've got a couple of extra 8-inch stickers. And so if you are here, and this isn't there's no condemnation, if you're here and you struggle with body image, you struggle with self-image, I want to give these stickers to you today. Because I want you to go home and I want you to put Obviously, we all got a 3-inch sticker. But if you struggle with that and you want an 8-inch sticker for your mirror, I want to give these away today. So if that's you. Come on up. I'm going to leave him right here on the left and the right. Um, No condemnation. No condemnation. No condemnation. Um, Many of us struggle with this. I know it's, you know, it's all over. So if that's you, put it up on your mirror. You need to be reminded daily that you are made in his image. And there is no condemnation. That's right. We celebrate. Uh, When a lie is exposed, the other one's over here. When a lie is exposed, yeah. Yeah. the truth is revealed, and so we're just exposing lies this morning. That's it. That's it. Ha! We win. Amen. When a lie is exposed, we win. Come on. Come on. Yes. Uh, I want to. I'm going to. Insecurity is rooted in pride. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We think oftentimes that insecurity is a sign of humility, but it's not. Insecurity is rooted in pride. Insecurity thinks more about what everybody thinks about me. What are they going to think about me if I get up there? What are they going to think about me? Do they think that my clothes look OK? Do I look all right? And I, I, me, me, I? Insecurity is always rooted in me. It's about Thoughts about ourselves. And so we're so caught up and hung up on what everybody else in the room might think about what I'm doing, looking like, sounding like, that we never, for a moment, stop to think about what God wants to do in the room. And so insecurity is actually rooted in pride, because it's about us. Many times, insecurity can be traced back to what somebody else has said about us or to us at some point in our life or in history, and we believe them, and that thought stuck with us. And so lies have got to be torn down. Lies have got to go, strongholds have got to go this morning. Genesis chapter 3, beginning in verse 1. This is one of the saddest portions of Scripture that I know. It says, Now when the serpent now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field of which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said that you shall not eat of any tree of the garden? That's not what God said. And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. That's not what God said either. Then the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die for God knows that in the day that you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. We are created in the image and the likeness of God. We're already like God. We don't need no stinking apple in order to be like God. The enemy is a liar. So when, so when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes, the tree desirable to make one wise, she took of the fruit and she ate it. She also gave to her, her husband and he ate with her. Then the eyes of the, both of them were opened and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and they made coverings for themselves and they heard the sound of the Lord God. They, they ate of the tree of the knowledge of the good and evil. And here's the issue, guys, is that whenever we... Have knowledge that we, uh, we do not apply in our life. It leads to death every time. Mm. Yeah. I, I have this thought, I don't know, it's conjecture, obviously, but I have this thought that God would have eventually shared with Adam and Eve all of the wisdom that he had <coughs> when they were ready to apply it because unapplied knowledge leads to death. If we learn something and we don't apply it to our life, we can use that knowledge to judge others most likely incorrectly. It's leading to death, it's leading to sin. I don't have time to get into that today. That's another message for a whole other day, but that was free. Unapplied knowledge leads to death every time. You can write that down, take it to the bank. They sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord. We just did this series on the presence of the Lord. Here are Adam and Eve in the garden. They hear God, they know he's coming, and they hide themselves from the presence. Dear God, among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord God called to Adam and said, Where are you? God was not gathering information. He knew where he was. So he said, Adam said, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. And God said, who told you that? 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 that? Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree which I commanded you that you should not eat? Who told you that? And so this morning I want to ask ourselves, what lies have we believed? What lies have we believed? I'm no good. Who told you that? I don't look good. Who told you that? I'm not pretty. Who told you that? I'm weak. Who told you that? I'll never amount to anything. Who told you that? You got a lie that you're believing? Who told you that? Why do I get angry? I get angry. <laughs> oh, Lord. few things make me mad. Uh, I remember mad. I, I remember uh, I, uh, it was the, the, the Cosby show. Right? And Claire Huxtable is having a conversation with her, with her husband. And she's saying, he called her mad. He said, don't get mad. And she's like, I'm not mad. Dogs get mad. I'm angry. I'm, I'm mad. I don't care. It, it, the Terminology doesn't matter. Who told you that? The, we need to examine ourselves. We need to examine. We need to understand what lies have we believed. It doesn't matter who told it to us. It doesn't matter the source of the lie. That doesn't matter. That's not an issue. It could be a friend. It could be a family member. It could be a loved one. It could be your closest friend. It could be your mother, a father, a son, a daughter, a spouse, a whoever, a whatever. I don't care who it was. It doesn't matter who it was. All we need to know is what is the lie, and are we going to stop believing it? Yeah. That's, it. That's all we need to know. What was the lie, and will you stop believing it? What do you believe about yourself? (laughs) I know it's going to get really quiet in here today. That's okay. I'm not offended. I like to hear the amens and the, the... I like to hear that you're with me, but this is a sensitive subject. What do you believe about yourself? Once we identify what we believe about ourselves, we can ask ourselves the next question. Does it line up with the Word of God? Does it line up with the Word of God? My Bible says that I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. My Bible says that I can do all things through Christ. My Bible says that I'm a king and a priest. My Bible says, who are you? I'm his chosen. I'm his favorite. So are you. Does it line up with the Word of God? If it doesn't line up with the Word of God, it's got to go. Second Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3. I didn't put it in my slides, but I'm going to read it to you. Write it down. Go home and look it up. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for the pulling down of what? Strongholds. Casting down arguments in every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ, and being ready to punish with all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Every thought captive. He's talking about spiritual warfare, and then he says we need to take every thought captive— and so the conclusion is obvious that our ability to take thoughts captive is equal to our ability to wage spiritual warfare. Our ability to wage spiritual warfare is only as strong as our ability to take thoughts captive. Mm, that's good. So when a thought enters your mind, if it's not a thought of God, we need to take that thought captive And we need to kick it out, and we need to replace it with the truth. That's that's taking every thought captive. That's how we take every thought captive. Thought comes in, it's not of God. I capture that thought, I kick it out, and I replace it with the truth. That's taking every thought captive. All right, keep moving. Then Jesus, <laughs> then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, afterwards he was hungry. Now when the tempter came to him, he said, If you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. But Jesus answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by, it, by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Here Satan comes to tempt Jesus Christ. Satan comes to tempt Jesus and what does he come after what does he attack he attacks his identity if you are who you say you are if you are actually god said it god thundered from heaven at, at his baptism 40 days earlier and said this is my beloved son if you are the son of god Satan is coming, and he's challenging his identity that God gave him. Last week's message, who has God made you to be? Who has he made you to be? (laughs) The moment you figure it out, I'm telling you right now, forewarning. This is why I was hoping to put both of this all together last week. Didn't have enough time. Here we are today. The moment you figure out who you're going to be, the enemy is going to come, and he's going to try and lie to you and tell you that that's not who you are. That's his tactic. He's got no new tactics. He's the same devil he was thousands of years ago. No new tricks. (laughs) The only only weapon that the enemy has is his mouth. You know why? Because he's been defeated and disarmed. (laughs) The 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 only weapon that the enemy has is his mouth, because he's been defeated and disarmed. The feet are gone, the arms are gone. That's what my Bible says. He's been defeated and disarmed. And so all that's left is a mouth. All he can do is lie to you. All he can do is lie to you. And we choose whether or not to believe the lie. We choose. It's it's in our mind. It's in our control. It's in our court. whether or not we're going to choose to believe the lie. Yes. I did that, and I hope that you remember that for the rest of your life. Pastor Matt said, he's only got a mouth because he's been defeated and disarmed. Well, the next time you're struggling with something that the enemy's saying, you got to remember, it's only his mouth because he's got no feet and he's got no arms. He's got no power because Jesus has it all. So maybe I look foolish, and that's okay. If you remember, then it's all worth it. Both the... Both... Listen, both the enemy and God need our words to accomplish their will. Both the enemy and God need our words to come in agreement with what they're saying to accomplish their will. When the words of our mouth line up with what God says about us, then we'll have what the word says. The confession, when the confession of our mouth lines up with the confession of our heart and lines up with the word of God, we will have what we speak. When the words of our mouth line up with the confession of the enemy, we can't have what the Bible says that we have. What are we gonna speak? Are we gonna speak what the enemy has said over our life? I'll never get it. Someone always gets the, 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 the thing before me. Somebody, el- somebody else has got more favor than me. Somebody else gets the, the, the better job. Somebody else gets the promotion. Somebody else, if that's what you're saying, then that's what you're gonna get. And if that's what you're gonna to continue to say, then that's what you're gonna to continue to get. And so what has God said about you? What has God said about you? We need to change the channel of self-talk that we have in our mind. We all talk to ourselves. Don't tell me you don't. <laughs> if you don't talk to yourself, you're weird. <laughs> I know we all believe the opposite. I talk to myself and I'm weird. No, everyone talks to themselves. We all do. And if you don't, then you're weird. And that's okay. If you, if you really, I mean, obviously, if you're the 1% of the world that doesn't. Yeah. They're easy to identify, people that don't talk to themselves, they just don't ever stop talking. And so they don't talk to themselves because they're always just talking. And so they've got no time, <laughs> they've got no time to talk to themselves because they don't ever stop talking. See, but for all the rest of us who have a mo- quiet moment, we're <laughs> joy, for, the, for all of the rest of us who have a quiet moment, we're talking to ourselves and that's fine but we need to change our self-talk. We need to change, what what signal are you receiving? You guys, I mean, you guys don't remember dial radios that you used to tune in. I mean, if you're older than me, you do. But for anybody that's younger than me, my kids have no idea what this means, but you used to take the radio and you used to turn the dial, and it used to go along and it used to pick up on different frequencies, and those frequencies are all, if I pulled the radio in right now, we could pick up on that frequency, because it's actually streaming right through this room. More than one of them. And so what frequency are we tuned into? Are we tuned into the frequency of God? Are we tuned into the frequency of what God is speaking over us? Or are we tuned into the frequency of what the enemy wants to say about our lives? You know, the enemy doesn't come to us in a shiny red rubber suit with horns and a pitchfork. Because if he did that, we'd know not to obey that. That's the devil, obviously. I'm not going to do what he says. But the Bible says that Satan comes and masquerades as an angel of light. He wants to make what's bad look good. And this is where insecurity comes in because he's camouflaging it and he's trying to make it look like humility, but it's not. I love you guys. Come on, tell me you love me too. (laughs) I know, I know. It's good stuff. Then the serpent said to the woman. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) That's all right. Joy's breaking out over here, breaking out over here. This is great. We're talking about a really hard topic, and Joy is just all over the place. I love it. Then the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die, for God knows that in the day that you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Here's the enemy again, lying to them, coming against their identity. You're going to be, when you eat it, you're going to be like God. No, they were already like God. You're created in his image and his likeness. Before the fall, before the tree, at the beginning. When we believe a lie, it empowers the liar. When we believe a lie, it gives power to the liar. And so are we going to believe lies this morning? I'm not going to believe lies anymore. Ephesians 6.12, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. we wrestle not with flesh and blood it's not the person who's lying to you who's telling you things who's calling you names you know why uh, you know in high school we've all gotten like bullied and bad things said about us right i mean at least i did you know why bullies do what they do because they're insecure bullies is just a it's a it's another mask for insecurity so many of us mask our insecurity with so many different things. And it's, it's okay, but we need to get over it. And the way we get over it is by discovering who we are in God. We need to surrender to God things that we believe that are not true about ourselves. Believes that we need to surrender are called strongholds. We hold on to them strongly. And they don't go Easily. 2 Corinthians 10, I'm going to read it again. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Underline it, write it down. I wish I made those stickers up. You can stick those on your mirror. Strongholds gotta go. We need to identify, we need to look through things that we think about ourselves. We need to ask whether or not these things that we think about ourselves are of God, and if they're not of God, they've gotta go. If they're not of God, they've gotta go. If they're not of God, they've gotta go. It doesn't matter who told it to us, It doesn't matter how much we love the person who told it to us. It doesn't matter how long you've been believing it. You may have been believing all of your life that something. That doesn't matter. These strongholds, they've got to go. We surrender them to Christ. We protect, what's a stronghold? You know what a stronghold is, right? You guys have seen Lord of the Rings, right? It's that place that all of the people went to get into, to defend themselves against the enemy that was coming, right? But we have thoughts, negative thoughts, that become strongholds in our mind, and we use our thoughts and we actually keep God out with our thoughts. In the movie, the stronghold was keeping the enemy out, but in our mind, our strongholds keep God out. Strongholds are protected by hopelessness. I'll never be. I could never be. I could never. I'll never. That's hopelessness. Is there any area of your life where you have no hope? God is a God of hope. God is a God of hope. God wants you to have hope for your life. God wants you to have hope over every area of your life. You know what? I I just... these these pastoral meetings that we're having with the, the members and people that are renewing their membership, fantastic. Oh my gosh. You know what I discovered? I discovered that this church was founded on whole families getting saved. Every person in the family getting saved. I just discovered that the church was founded on Whole family is getting saved. Every member of the family getting saved. And so because it's happened here before, it's going to happen here again. So if you have a family member that hasn't gotten saved, and you're saying to yourself, oh, well, they'll never get saved, that's a wrong thought. You cast that thought down, and you say, no, not at my church. At my church, whole families get saved. Every member of the family gets saved. That's how we cast down a a stronghold, and that's how we bring in the will of God. hopelessness has got to go hope's got two buddies joy and peace now may the god of all hope fill you with joy and peace god's a god of hope and he wants to fill you with joy and peace you don't have to be worried about whether or not your family member is going to get saved you're going to pray for them god's going to hear your prayer and he's going to save them why because you prayed that's all prayer works i'm telling you May the God of all hope fill you with peace and joy. We talk about strongholds, we talk about spiritual warfare. Uh, It's a very common thing, you know, and intercessors, I love intercessors. Sometimes they can get too caught up in um, praying against um, spiritual, what did I write down? Regional principalities, have you ever heard of this kind of a thing? Oh well, that that area is covered with a spirit of witchcraft. Oh, there, all that stuff is—it's fine, it, and it, there's truth to it. I'm not saying that there's not truth to it. But the greatest strongholds holding back the will of God are not regional principalities. It is wrong thinking in the minds of believers. <laughs> My Bible says. My Bible says, I don't know about yours, I don't know, maybe, you, maybe you need, I'll, I'll get you a new translation. My Bible says, <laughs> one will put a thousand to flight and two will put ten thousand to flight. How many, how many stinking demons can there be? There can't be that many. There's a hundred of us here. How many does that entitle us to? I think it's like, well, I think we're up into the millions, guys. One can put a thousand to flight and two can put ten thousand to flight. And God has given me all authority. And if I have all the authority, then the enemy has none. And so when I tell the enemy that he has to go, he has to go. Do I have to open up the closet of darkness again? <laughs> That's a good example. I'm tempted, but we don't have time. Not today. Just know that there's a closet of darkness, and when I open it, light fills the closet. All right, I've got to do it. <laughs> so I'll tell you, I'll do it quick. Over here, we're light. Enemy's darkness. We're light. Enemy's darkness. There's a few new people in the room. you got to know. Thank you, Lauren. We're light. The enemy's darkness. We're light. The enemy's darkness. This room is filled with light. There's darkness in that closet. Utter darkness. There is no light in that closet. I was in it earlier this morning. There's no light in there. And so now we're going to open up the door and darkness is going to come out. Nope. Light just filled the room and the darkness had no power over this room. We're light. He's darkness. We have all authority. He has none. That's exactly how it works. So don't go into any situation believing that the enemy stronger than you, is. he never is. Yeah. One can put a thousand to flight and two can put ten thousand to flight. That's great math. Yeah. Uh, it's not my math, I don't, that's God's math. Yeah. And so now we got a hundred of us, let's go. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> we, <laughs> we need to renew our mind. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Transformed by the renewing of your mind. Renew your mind renew your mind we need to put on new thinking we need to start to think the way God thinks one of the definitions of repentance one of the definitions of repentance is to rethink to change the way you think and we need to change the way we think Jesus said repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand and many are entering into it and basically what he's saying is hey I'm here and I brought my kingdom with me and if you don't change your way of thinking you can't live in and from the kingdom And so we have to allow our thinking to become changed so that we can live in and from the kingdom. And the way that we begin to do that is we identify lies of the enemy. This is the way that we begin to do that is we identify lies of the enemy and we replace them with the truths of God. We throw out the lies of the enemy and we replace them with the truths of God. What does God say about you? Who does God say that you are? Who does God say that you are? Current mind renewal creates future experiences. Are you stuck in a rut? You feel like you're going around the same mountain over and over and over again like the Israelites did for 40 years? You want to go around the same mountain again? Do you want to go through the same rut again for 40 years? I don't. Renew your mind. Renew your mind. Old thinking out, new thinking in. Old thinking out, new thinking in. Stop looking at the failure of the past, and start looking at the promise of the future. I don't tell my stories about things that went wrong in my past. When people ask, when we do a a thing and you're supposed to forgive people that hurt you in the past, I can't remember anything. I mean, it's not that I haven't been hurt, guys. I've been hurt. I just don't remember anything. I can't, I've got to, it's like, man, it's harder than than the SATs, (laughs) I'm telling you. Remember somebody that hurt you, and I'm like, oh, not again. Come on, this. Like, I've got nothing, God. I've got nothing. Why? Because I'm a guy who forgives. I've learned to forgive, and it's in my past. I don't remember. I've, I've, I've forgotten it. It's as far as the east is from the west. I'm not going to go back and dig it up again. Yeah. I don't want to tell the story. I won't tell the story. You can't make me tell the story. Oh, God can because sometimes you need to hear it. But there's no hurt involved anymore. Yeah. Who are you? Who has God created you to be? Who are you? Who has God created you to be? Mm. What does your future hold? Ask him who holds your future. I, can, I can't tell you what your future holds, but I can tell you who holds your future. He does. Yeah. He does. He does. God does. <sighs> Couple quotes, and then we're going to jump into last couple scriptures. When you're not used to being confident, confidence feels like arrogance. When you're used to being passive, assertiveness feels like aggression. When you're not used to getting your needs met, prioritizing yourself feels selfish. Your comfort zone is not a good benchmark. (laughs) Go back. People want to take photos. Okay. When you're not used to... I'll read it one more time. You can take some photos. When you're not used... That's good stuff. When you're not used to being confident, confidence feels like arrogance. When you're used to being passive, assertiveness feels like aggression. I'm a very assertive guy. And my wife will be like, honey, calm down. You can't do that. I'm like, "I'm I'm just being me, honey. I'm not being aggressive, I promise. When you're not used to getting your needs met, prioritizing yourself feels selfish. Your comfort zone is not a good benchmark. And so I say all this to say that for a lot of us, the comfort zone that we live in is shadowed with lies of the enemy. And so our comfort zone is not a good benchmark. And so as you go home today, I want you to pray and I want you to be insightful. It's on your card, it was on the card last week and nobody checked it. No, I'm serious. (laughs) It says, today I will stop believing the lies that I've been told. Nobody checked that last week because we didn't talk about the lies last week. That's okay. I'm glad that you didn't check it last week because I didn't explain it. Today it's been explained. I want you to stop believing. I want you to go home today and I want you to identify lies and identify those things that you need to stop believing and then seek to understand what God says about you. A couple more scriptures. We'll end with this. John First John three one. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called children of God. You're children of God. Who are you? You're loved by the Father. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us. Who are you? You're loved by the Father. You're loved by the Father. Say it. Say, I'm loved by the Father. Who are you? You're God's child. Say it. Say, I'm God's, I'm God's child. Psalm 139. 1 through 24, that's the whole most of it. Come on. Jesus. As you go home, ask the Holy Spirit to reveal the lies that you believed. The Holy Spirit is powerful. He's with you. He is the comforter. He's the counselor. He'll reveal it, and he'll reveal it in such a way that it's gentle. God's not harsh. I may be mad, and I, be, I may be up here angry, yelling, Who told you that? But God's going to come, and he's just going to be softly and say, I didn't tell you that. That's a lie. Psalm 139. O Lord, you have searched me and known me. God searches me and known me, God knows me, say, say God knows me, he knows my sitting down and my rising up, he understands my thoughts afar off, God knows my thoughts, say God knows my thoughts, you comprehend my path and my lying down and you are acquainted with all my ways, God's acquainted with all my ways, say, say God's acquainted with all my ways, there you go. For there is not a word on my tongue, but behold, Lord, you know it altogether. You have hedged me behind and before. I love the passion translation here. You go into my past to protect me from the things that have happened to me, and you go into my future to protect me from the things that are to come. That's the the truth of that scripture. Yeah. Yeah, that's really good. You have laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. Where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you are there. God's with me. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. Wow. God is with me, even in hell. Pssh behold you are there if I take the wings of the morning and dwell on the other uttermost parts of the sea even there your hand shall lead me God's hand leads me listen I don't know about you but I I'm a child of God and God leads me God leads me I declare these scriptures over my life God leads me If your right, and your right hand shall hold me. Oh, God is a God. God holds me. Pastor Stacy talked about this. God holds me. Does he hold you? Same scripture that applies to me applies to you. God, scripture gives us permission to believe what it says about us. Saying, he holds me. God holds me. There you go if i say surely the darkness shall fall on me even the night shall be light about me indeed the darkness shall not hide from you but the night shines of the day darkness and the light are both like to you for you formed my inwardmost parts god you formed my inward parts you covered me in my mother's womb i will praise you for i am fearfully and wonderfully made i am fearfully and wonderfully made I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Say it over and over again. Like if you're going to remember one thing today, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. We shouldn't have to look that one up. (laughs) I think we had that sticker, right? Something like that. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Beautifully and wonderfully made. Just a different translation. Marvelous are your works. I'm a work. Marvelous are your works. I'm marvelous. And I'm not being prideful. I'm just being confident. And confident, if you're not used to it, can look like arrogance. We just read that. I'm marvelous. Come on, some of you are. So it's getting through. Some of you are believing it. I'm marvelous that's what my Bible says about me I'm marvelous and is not dependent upon how I did or what I did or what my score was on any test or what thing and what they told me I could or couldn't do yeah. <laughs> I am fearfully and wonderfully made marvelous are your works and that my soul knows very well my frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. You saw my substance being yet unformed. God saw my substance before I was ever formed. All of your days, they were all, all of, (laughs) and in your book, they were all written, the days fashioned for me. Yet as yet, there were none of them. God wrote a wonderful book about your life before you ever lived one day. He knows everything that's ever gonna happen, could ever happen, ever will happen, ever might happen, how it's gonna happen, and what he's gonna do about it. Do you know that God is not, has not yet encountered a problem that he wasn't prepared for? Do you know that COVID didn't catch God by surprise? All of my days, God knew that I'd be pastoring for 12 weeks with 10 people in the church because we were all on live feed. Who knew? God knew. He strengthened us. He prepared us. We were ready to go with live feed before the thing ever went down. You guys all got online. You all watched online. And then we came back stronger than ever come on that's God that sounds like God and in the midst of a pandemic we launch a healing team (laughs) that sounds exactly like God the spiritual comes against what's going on in the natural pandemic in the natural healing in the spiritual that's my God that's my God there's a problem we've got a solution there's a problem God's got the solution before the foundations of the world Christ was crucified that's what scripture says That's what the Bible says. It says that before the foundations of the world, before the world was created, or mankind, or anything else, Jesus Christ was crucified. Before we were ever made, we were thought of, God knew what was going to happen. He saw the end from the beginning, Isaiah tells us, He sees the end from the beginning. He knew what was going to happen. And Jesus made the decision before the world was made that he would go to the cross for you. The joy that was set before him. So before there was ever a problem or an issue with sin in the world, there was a solution to the problem. His name is Jesus. And there is still today not a problem that God's not ready for. There is still today not a problem that God can't solve. If we're of the right mindset and we're operating from the kingdom, we are the answers to those problems. But what happens is so many times we get clogged up with our own thinking. We get clogged up with insecurity. We get clogged up with a wrong thought. And now we can't operate to tear down the lies of the enemy. But the church is coming back and you guys maybe you guys are the first the church is coming back and the church is rising up and the church is beginning to take its place and authority is beginning to be wielded and we're seeing sicknesses begin to bow we're seeing high places begin to come down we're going to see god continue to increase and the enemy continue to decrease if not across the world at least in my little neighborhood Come on, maybe I don't. God hasn't given me the influence over the world, but he's given me an influence over a few, and I will make my influence known through Christ. I may not be able to from here reach Asia and may do anything about that, but I'm going to change Troy. I'm going to change the grocery market that I walk into. When I walk into that place, it's Holy Spirit going everywhere. The kingdom of God is inside of me, and I'm just letting it out. I don't know how you do it. I haven't figured it out yet, but this will work. How precious also are your thoughts towards me, O God! How great is the sum of them! If I should count them, they would be more in number than the sand." (laughs) Got some engineers in here. I I know some of you guys like numbers. (laughs) There are 35,000 grains of sand in one cubic foot of sand. 35,000 grains of sand in one cubic foot of sand. And so if you multiply that just by the size of this room at one foot thick, the number of grains in the sand in the room, in this room, with just, just this room being sand, would be a million thoughts that God thinks of you every second your entire life of 100 years. How precious are your thoughts to me if I should number them. It doesn't even say, this this gets me, it doesn't even say the sands of the the seashore. It says the sand. There's sand on the seashore. There's sand in the ocean. There's sand in the desert. There's a lot of sand. There's a lot of sand on the earth. (laughs) Who are you? I'm thought of by God. He thinks about me a lot, a million times just that last second, a million times this past second, a million times the next second, God doesn't hear me, that's a lie. God doesn't know me, that's a lie. God doesn't care about me, that's a lie. When I awake I am still with you. <laughs> always he's always here. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties and see if there is any wicked way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. God leads me in the way everlasting. Yeah. That's who God is. That's what He does for me. Yeah. First Peter two nine. You are a chosen generation. I'm chosen. Who are you? You are a royal priesthood. I'm royal. That means I'm a king. I'm a prince. I'm a daughter. I'm a, I'm a king. I'm a prince. I'm a queen. I'm a princess. Who are you? I'm a king. Priesthood. We're all priests. We're all priests. What's the benefit of being a priest? Priests ministered in the presence of God. Only the priest could go in... I don't know I'm a little bit more excited than you only priests could go in and minister in the presence of God I'm a priest I get to be in the presence of God that's what my Bible says it says you are a chosen generation a royal priesthood you're a priest I'm a priest I get to go in and give peanut obviously I am but you are too we get to go in and we get to be in the presence of God there's no better place to be you are a holy nation I'm holy Listen, I'm still struggling with some stuff, but I'm holy. We may still be struggling with some stuff. Maybe you're not. I am his own special people. Listen, I'm special. (laughs) And I'm fine with that. (laughs) I know that that term can have a negative connotation sometimes. That's fine. I could care less. I'm going to say that I'm special, and if you think that that's a negative confession of faith, then you need to go and reread your Bible. Come on. <laughs> I am special. I'm his special. I'm, his, I'm special. That you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. I'm here to proclaim the praises of God. Who am I? I'm a, I'm a, I'm a proclaimer. I'm going to proclaim the goodness of God. I'm a praiser. I'm going to praise my God. This is who I am. This is what I do. This is what it looks like. Who am I? I've been called out of darkness. I've been called out of darkness. Uh, Who am I? I've been called into the light. And I walk in the light. And I'm a child of the light. And I have light. And it looks like this. (laughs) And it's going to shine like this. (laughs) Second Corinthians chapter five, it says, if the covenant of death, the Old Testament, caused Moses' face to shine so that he had to put a veil over his face so that the children of Israel, because the children of Israel couldn't steadily look at his face, how much more would the king, will the gospel of, of the spirit of life, not much more giving us an exceedingly greater glory. Come on. Yeah. This is what it looks like. into his, who are you? Who are you? Who are you? Who has God made you to be? What lies have you believed? If we can, the most important thing, uh, the most important question we'll ever ask is, who is God? Who is Jesus? Who is Jesus? Second most important question we'll ever ask is, who am I? Second, Second most important question we'll ever ask, answer is our identity. Who am I? Who are we? What have we been called to do? When the people of God, and they are right here, redeeming love, rise up and begin to believe who they are, begin to believe what God has called them to do. My Bible says we will do mighty exploits, and we will. We will see miracles and greater works than these. Paul worked extraordinary miracles. Come on, let's go. I don't know what God has in store, but I know it's good. I know we haven't even touched the cusp of it, and I know that God does not want us to be insecure, and God wants us to know exactly who we are in Him. It's all about who we are in Him. When we move from a place of confidence, it doesn't matter what happens, this is where I can go and I can say, well, I mean, if I get to speak today, that's great. But if I don't, then that's fine too. Why? Because it's not about me. It's never been about me. It's not going to be about me. It's it's never going to be about me. It's only ever going to be about him. And it's only if we can bring him glory. It's that he gets a larger place in your heart. Don't make a bigger place in your heart for me. That's wrong thinking. Make a bigger place in your heart for him. As we go this week, Stop believing the lies of the enemy. And understand and believe what God has said about you. If we can do those two things well, we will win the identity battle. We will win the spiritual warfare. One of the largest places of spiritual warfare is in the mind. It's in our thought life. We have to be victorious there. Amen? Amen. Come receive the offering today. Thank you, Lord. What a message. Come on, let's thank
4: God for that message. What a message. Amen, amen, what a message. There are multiple ways to give here at Redeeming Love, and there's a card in your seat back. Uh, We're gonna have some slides on the screen, uh, and you'll see that uh, the card here Tells you that you can give in person, online, there's a QR code, mobile app. I think most people are familiar with all of this right now. So please and thank you for your generosity. Probably one of the hardest things I'll have to do right now is not preach on top of what Pastor Matt said because for any of you that are 21 and younger, this will apply to you, Psalm 27. Or actually, let me read this one. I'm sorry. It's um, where David said in Psalm 37, I was young and now I'm old. So there's something that took place between the time he was young and the time he was old. He formed a conclusion. We're told that David probably died somewhere around the age of 70, 71. Uh, To me, that's young. I'm going to be 71 in a couple of months. And so that's young. He died around 70 to 71. But he learned something, exactly what Pastor Matt was trying to teach. If you're under the age of 21, even more than getting your college degree, more important than your college degree is understanding who you are in Christ. Because when you get older, it's difficult to change. But when you're young, you're building... Uh, what God says about you. I was young and now I'm old, yet I have never seen the righteous forsaken or their children begging bread. They are always generous. Who's always generous? The righteous. The righteous are always generous and lend freely. Their children will be blessed. What Pastor Matt was saying is in the DNA of this church, our families being saved and we've seen that. Families, being that's in the DNA of this church. In the DNA of someone who has born again and who has become the righteousness of God in their DNA is, is generosity. generosity so i'm not going to preach but i want to say i concede pastor matt says i'm getting older i've learned something between the time i was young i got saved at 21. in september i'll be able to celebrate 50 years of serving the lord amen i've learned something between the age of 21 and 71 I've learned something, I've learned that a generous man is blessed, and his children are blessed. I've seen that in the Medic family. I've seen this couple being generous off the chart, and I've seen all four of their children uh, doing the same, and all four of their children are successful, and all four of their children serve the Lord. That's not a coincidence. That's not a coincidence. That's Bible. That's what the Bible says. Oh, God help me not preach right now. The, gen- the righteous are generous. And that's that's some that's a discipline. Generosity is a discipline. We've said it how many times? Thank you guys are one of the most generous people on the planet. This church is incredibly blessed because of your generosity, expect your children to never be abandoned. Expect your children to be successful. Expect your children to be blessed because that's what the word says. That's what the word says. That's what the word says. Oh, I'm not going to preach. Let's pray. Let's pray. Let's pray. Father God, what a message, God, for us to get down into our spirit what a message we thank you lord that you who knew no sin became sin for for me that i might become the righteousness of god and what a privilege to give you what's yours what is already yours what a privilege to steward what you've already blessed us with father i pray uh, for this offering i pray for for people that may be beginning the discipline of tithing I pray for great grace to come, great faith to come. God, as we release the seed of our income into this offering bucket, that we would see that bucket like soil and that, my God, we would see as we look back how blessed we are. How blessed we are. How blessed we are. are bless the giver we pray in jesus name amen. amen thank you pastor matt
3: we'll have prayer teams available underneath the screens on the left and on the right so please avail yourself of that if you need healing or prayer for any other need please see the prayer team underneath the screens membership will begin at twelve ten, so that you guys have a few minutes to use the restroom and, and things like that so membership 102 at twelve ten. thank you guys for coming today we'll see you next week